four, three, two. Welcome back to Buckle, Buckle Up, Up, baby. Episode nine. Nine is the hardest. This one, one was. This one actually was the hardest. It took us over twenty-four hours to put this together. Michael, I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. Um, he asked me to order him food before he came here, and I told him, no, I'm not going to reward his behavior. Well, I forgot some things today. I was a little frazzled, and I didn't bring cables and stuff, and we were troubleshooting, and Michael was watching me troubleshoot for like 30 minutes trying to figure out, and he goes, and I, I, we didn't have the right microphones, and he goes, I have a Yeti mic downstairs <laughs> if you want me to get it. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> you've had a second pair of gloves? I said, Michael... You had another <laughs> microphone this whole time. Yeah, we're yeah. in the Rockies. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. So we're both at fault. We both don't deserve food, and we both didn't get any food. We both at fault, but you came in with a sour attitude today. Yeah, and you, you, <laughs> you steamrolling me right into it. You did. Was I sour or just stressed, and you're not you being were, empathetic? You were the most negative. You've ever seen me? Yeah, I've ever seen you. Yeah, usually I'm the negative well, one. Well, i got to say, that's not bad then. If we're being, if we're reflecting, yeah, no, I, th- I think that's you, the most negative I've been you coming. You are in. generally the positive one, right? Um, I think sour. Yeah, I guess I was just uh, worse than being stressed. Is like not knowing exactly what's causing it. Mm-hmm. I think, and sometimes when there's too many factors that could be that could be the reason. Mm-hmm. It, you know. It's frustrating to not be able to identify what it is and just be generally stressed and then think, oh, maybe it's that. And then if that thing is taken care of, but you're still feeling that way, it can start to get stressed that you're stressed and it starts to stack, you know? Right. So with all the different things that have gone on over the past few months from moving out of L.A. to try to resettle my life and my family's life here on the East Coast to being in a general more developmental stage of the career back to, you know, in that peaks and valleys part now back to like, okay, now we're in a new place with, mm-hmm. the, with new things to put back together and reform and try new things and do certain things to see where that goes. So that unknown place coming from a known place. Yeah. Um, there's that, there's just, you know, dealing with house stuff and life stuff. I'm not sure which one it is, but I can just look around and say like, I have some fixes in mind that would help just like my studio is still kind of in disarray mm-hmm. where I work and that's a huge thing just looking around and then like figuring out where you know so getting the environment around myself in order mm-hmm. it's like a Jordan Peterson thing when he like clean is in your exa- room clean your room you got a little water dribble right there for, oh really yeah well while, while we're doing that maybe move the mic to that side because remember last time it was a little in, the in front of my face it's, it tends to happen I guess I think so yeah just but, so it's not in the way of the uh okay Joe Rogan um <laughs> But there's that element of it. I think for me, I think that would be super helpful because, like, when you're just looking around in the same environment the whole time, Mm -hmm. Jordan Peterson was had a video once where he was saying, "I've counseled couples, you know, and one of the first things I notice in a couple that's got problems, man, is I go to their house and they still haven't unpacked from the wedding, and I say, hey, what's that box doing there? They say, oh, it's nothing. No, no, it's not nothing. It's everything." Why does Jordan Peterson go to people's houses? Can you imagine that? Maybe he was counseling back in his clinical practice days. He, he, came was, to your, he was like, I want to come to your house. There was a time when, he was, when he was a random therapist in Canada. Wow. Imagine that. You know, he just yeah. was. for Till he was 55. Right. It gives you some inspiration, generally speaking, that who knows what, li- what lies ahead of you. Yeah. He became famous at like 58 years old. Well, that's my <laughs> whole problem with Jordan Peterson. He's like so thirsty for being famous. Yeah, I don't. You buy don't buy it. it. No, you don't you, buy you it. You want to assume malice and malintent in people. 
No, no, no. It's not. I don't think it's Melanton. I just think his colors. He's supposed to be this virtuous, mm-hmm. like philosopher of the day, yeah, guy with all the answers. And I, I just think it's so clear to me that it's so important to him to be famous. Well, he it, he just enjoys it too much. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'd probably be the same way, but I don't want that. Uh, that's what bothers me about him. He enjoys that, it, but how are you, can you ascribe how he feels about it? He the second he you are got, making a presumption. He got like new clothes. He started a new diet. He started like new hair. Like the whole thing that was all conscious. Yeah, that was all conscious. It's it's sort of like he wasn't he wasn't settled into. Who he was exactly? It, it felt like he was waiting to become famous. But don't you think that sense. might right? Don't you think doing that might be a sense of responsibility to now a large audience of the message he's trying to broadcast that he has to feel he has to embody that? Like there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, with changing your look and updating it to reflect a message that's now really broad and not just in a singular class. Why wasn't he doing it in his own personal life before that? He may have been at some level. It's not mm-hmm. like he looked like a schlemiel, but it's like he had a small college um, audience mm-hmm. and environment that he was working in and the university sort of has its general standards of dress and things but when right. you're now on a broad stage going a million like it's like I, I, I would have preferred if he just stayed exactly the same and was like I'm just living my life you mm-hmm. guys are coming to me now I've been saying this for ah. years I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing instead he's like you know sort of made this these drastic changes which just it, it seems like an indication to me that there's something, there's something else going on with him. That that's like what my gut tells me. Well, I, maybe does, I can't articulate it perfectly, but there's some sort of like, uh, there's some there's something off about him. If you watch the message, Not, yeah. if you watch the message from like thirty twenty years ago, it's yeah. the same exact thing. Sure, but but um, I think him as a person, I, I actually really like his message. Mm. The first time I heard him speak. I was like about to tweet something, but I ran it by, mm. I think I ran it by Ides, who we spoke about the other day. And I was like, I was like, what's this guy's deal before like, I tweet him out? He's like, oh no, mm. don't tweet out Jordan Peterson. I was oh. like, oh, everything he's saying seems like it makes a ton right. of so sense. It's not to the me. message, it's the I messenger. Really like his the message. messenger. Yeah, yeah. Him as a person, feel, he just feels a little bit off to me. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I the don't. Same, same with Sam Harris. I feel the same way about Sam Harris. Why Sam Harris? That doesn't. But, Sam is he's a supervillain to I, me. I like that, but yeah. I don't understand that because he hasn't changed his. He's looked the same. No, for no, the last no, 30 no years. Not, not. He doesn't do the same thing. Just my gut tells me there's something deeply disturbing about Sam Harris, and we have to keep power away from that man, right? Or he's going to hurt us, mm, right? I understand. <laughs> I mean, I've given this a lot of thought, and. With Michael here, there is something that we need to discuss. These are bad ideas, Michael. You're wrong, Michael. <laughs> Aren't um, you? I think you just have a very loud gut, mm-hmm. and that's what you, that's what you your north star is. Your gut, no matter what the facts tell you or the behavior. You, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, it's I think a gut. So. You can't like pinpoint. Okay, because I could I could counter what you're saying yeah. with. Listen, Jordan Peterson's not going on a world tour. His message is resonating. Yeah. So if he goes out with a sweater and some khakis, it might undermine his message. And the last thing he'd want to do if he's putting his message paramount yeah. is undermine the message. So why not 
dress appropriate could, for the scale that he's at. Compare, and that's not inauthentic to me, but you're just saying my gut tells me he's something's wrong. Compare him. him to a guy like Bernie Sanders, who was rel- <sighs> relatively unknown, I don't know, at least to me, before he ran for president. He ran for president, and I think what's charming about him is he seems to have remained completely unchanged by the experience. 100%. Except and that, that's yeah, charming. But, but Jordan, but Bernie's message is one of envy and spite and resentment. So him looking that way works. So he doesn't have to change it. To right, but, yeah, but what's Jordan, Jordan, Peterson, Jordan Peterson's message is sort of being comfortable with who you are and trying your best. His message fundamentally? If yeah. I'm, I think his message is more about um, doing everything you can to apply yourself to get your own life in order uh-huh. so that you could properly be formidable and build up a strength and resilience in you to take on a very difficult world. So why wasn't he doing that before he became famous? Why he wasn't was he doing, eating right, exercising, what? dressing better? Why wasn't he doing all that before he became famous? Well, first of all, he was doing all of that because he's got thousands of hours of lectures on YouTube mm-hmm. pre-famous no, 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 I'm talking about all, all the, of I'm talking about all the external stuff. I think the diet was maybe discovered mm-hmm. later in life as a thing. He didn't necessarily wasn't made aware of that yeah. probably if i'm guessing yeah. the clothes is fair enough that might be just something that once you become you know if you become really well known and you're about to go out yeah. i just be like I, th- I should probably dress up for this occasion it's like not everyone if it's like imagine going to a mega event mm-hmm. all the time so you know I, you gotta dress the part for it um but the other thing was i think he always has and i'm not being a full apologist i'm just saying mm-hmm. honestly when i interpret it is he's always said that he's giving himself advice too mm-hmm. Like his advice applies to himself as much as anybody else. So like people have made the same, like your, your room is messy, Jordan. Like I see your videos behind you. It's a mess. Uh-huh. And he's commented on it like tongue in cheek. It's funny because mm-hmm. yeah, obviously like, but he's just saying it like the clinical diagnostic side of like, this is what will help. Mm-hmm. And this is what I can prescribe. Not everybody lives up to always those standards, including me. And that's the g- most gracious interpretation of all those things I'm saying. Yeah. Yours is more like something's wrong. I think I, I don't I know think, what that I wrong think my is. North Star is my gut. Yeah. And I, I don't, I, I think, so I'm saying I, I think can it's make these kind of arguments. They're those. useless because your gut tells yeah. you what it tells you. If I was a writer, maybe I could like articulate it better, but all, but you, all I have is my gut. But your gut tells you um, that, um, that he is what he is. It's like, I think you're an instant. It's very hard. I never, I haven't seen you really ever change your gut inter- <laughs> impression of anyone. I changed. I, Who I thought you? Joe Rogan, I, I really disliked before ever listening to him. Mm. Um, I thought he was a godless man. <laughs> I thought he was turning all my friends into, into godless what, people. <laughs> you mean podcast Joe Rogan or like fear factor Joe Rogan? Po- no, podcast okay. Joe Rogan. No, cause I watched, um, the other day, my mom was like, Joe Rogan, the Fear Factor guy? She actually said that. Wow. It was very funny. Uh-huh. Um, but no, but then listening to him, I, I, I turned around. That comment by your mom is impressive and not impressive. <laughs> it shows how out of touch she is and how once right. in touch she was. Right. It really dates her. Like how could, for someone who doesn't know who he is now, to know he was the Fear Factor guy, yeah. something she... Something glitched. That's she- very true. <laughs> Something did glitch. <laughs> well, That's- all of a sudden, like, she knows that about this. He's famous to her in a yeah. very dated way. Like, what does that mean? My mother will surprise you. In, 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 the, in the span of one conversation the other night, she said, one of my cousins has COVID, so you shouldn't. He, we were at a wedding. She said, he, he has COVID. You shouldn't talk to him. And then within the same conversation, she said, he didn't, he didn't even come to the wedding. It was very strange. Right. It was very strange. Is your mother a robot? That I don't. We don't know. I, I kind of. I was like, all right. So <laughs> he's goes, here, and I shouldn't like, talk shouldn't to him, talk, but he didn't come. All you, right. You shouldn't talk to your cousin. He didn't even come. To the <laughs> and you're like, 
Was it just confusion? It was. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't. We you, don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Glitch. How many times? There's a glitch. Do you just kind of just walk away from your mom and say, I'm "Not even gonna attempt"? Uh, uh, primarily. <laughs> primarily. You're just like, what's yeah. the face? What's the gesture? <clears throat> okay. <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. running out of stuff to talk about with your parents, or it's been that way for a long time? It's not. Um, to say we talk about stuff, I think, would be a stretch. <laughs> it's not. It's not. At least with my mom, it's not. I learned a very long time ago. My my sisters are learning the lesson now. I think mm-hmm. of there's there's never and the upside of of expressing something that's wrong or explaining something that's wrong logistically, emotionally, anything. There's no upside to oh, it. Wow. It doesn't. It doesn't lead anywhere helpful because of a lack of understanding that's inevitable, or because. Uh, the advice isn't helpful it's or like, the engagement is exhausting. I'm trying to think. It's like, uh, oh, how's, how's everything going? Uh, I was like, ah, oh, it's good. I, we're running low on milk. Milk, I'll go to Costco right now. How much do you want? Mm. Like, ah, I, don't, I don't need you to go to Costco right now. Mm. I'm going, like, instead of going, like, everything's fine. It's great. We have enough milk. Mm-hmm. I just say we have enough milk. <laughs> now, what's, what's challenging about your, it's, it's, is it an overbearing kind of thing or over? Like what's what was so stressful about that response? No, it's fine. It's a uh, you say no, nah, it's fine, Mama. It's fine. It's like an immediate overcomplication of stuff. It's like like I she meets your minor problem with an energy for something that's immediate. It's not. Yeah, You're just like I'm yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I'm just updating you. On right, right. Like I don't want like explaining something that's wrong is going to lead to several more phone calls throughout the day that I rather just avoid. I rather her just, attempts to help mix are stressful. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Um, and also very helpful sometimes. Right, but you know what? You know what? People make that mistake all the time. I've learned it from seeing like effective ways to help people. Mm-hmm. If your mom like showed up at your house and said, "Here, I got you some milk." Oh, thanks. Without right. ever bothering you about it, mm-hmm. that would be great. The problem is a lot of people say, "Ask you, what can I do for you? What can I?" Do? And then the stress is on you yeah. to solve your problem for them. You also, and you're like, yeah. It was my problem, but now it's your problem because <coughs> you want to help, right. but I have to instruct you. Like now you're making me a manager and I don't want to do that. I yeah. just, I'll get the milk myself. And people always, yeah. there's two types of people I've noticed. And I used to probably be one of the people who are like, what can I do? What can I do? Which is an annoying question mm-hmm. as opposed to um, Razi who will say, who will just do things and help and mm-hmm. like, and doesn't ask. You know? What will she, she do? That's what, what's an I just mean the that? proactive, like yeah. here, 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 it's done. Right. Here's what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, um, right. so, a good example of that is on Thanksgiving yeah, with like setting the table. It's like, well, like what, what can I do to help with the table? It's like, you, you know what to do. Mm-hmm. Go get plates. That is my go to works. And knives. I walk <laughs> when I'm helping, I walk around and I like, I touch chairs. <laughs> I, I point over at things. I look busy. I right. do nothing. Yeah. That's yeah. my move. Right. So right, it, was, it was Sarah and I fielding a lot of what can we do to help. Mm. And it was like, and, and you can do anything. Like, use your imagination. Go, go do but it. But like, don't put it on me to instruct you. Right. Now you're, you're causing me stress. Right. It's also, you don't, you well, don't want to help. And then a narcissist would say, I'm just offering to help. And they got so <laughs> upset. I was being so helpful. Right. Right. And now we're getting to the dark stuff. Um, but we don't have to talk <laughs> no, but, no, about but it. Is a, no, it's something I do also where it's like you don't, you don't actually want to do the effort, but you want the credit for asking. So you ask. But even if you do, sometimes people mm-hmm. mistakenly think that that question is a stress reliever when it's a stress causer. Right. And that's why you don't ask your parents or update your parents on anything. Right. To circle back, uh-huh. we went from my feeling sour <laughs> to Jordan Peterson, why uh-huh. he's legit and you're wrong, to... <laughs> The point I was making at the very beginning mm-hmm. was just that 
when you can't identify the single marker of something, mm-hmm. like it can be everything pulling you in different directions. So then you just, I think the answer is just to have to like take that initiative of getting things in order. There's just put the thing. Uh-huh. I have like instruments in my studio that have to be hung up. So I'm just waiting yeah. on the, pr- I want to do it properly. So I want to get someone who can help like do it properly so that I don't mess up the walls. Mm-hmm. So I have all this stuff that's just there. So existing in that state. Yeah. And being hungry is what I was feeling when we first started. All right. Gotcha. And yes, being, you know, and, and, and oh, being busy too. Like busy mm-hmm. with stuff is good. Those are the problems I want to have. You know, right. I don't want to have the problems of not being busy. <coughs> mm-hmm. I'd rather have like busy problems mm-hmm. with work stuff and all of that. But you wanted to push this before we were talking pre-podcast into like the stretched content creator space. Go. Right. Well, well, you mentioned possibly some of the source of the stress is the constant output mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and I've been noticing, um, I, I'm like pretty good about social media. Like I don't have Facebook on my phone. I, I don't, I'm not on Twitter at all. Um, and like in, Instagram is the one thing I check, but like. But you're such a tweet. You're such, you'd be such a natural tweeter. Like you're a- I did not know. I tweeted a lot. And then, and then Trump, I was obsessed with Twitter up until the 2016 election. Mm. And then he won. And, and I, I talked about it on an early oh. episode. I was like, well, what was the point of any of this? This was. A complete waste of time. This didn't help. And you so, felt so informed and so misled. Exactly. And I was so anxious for so many months. And I was like, this is silly. Thinking, so just, just to clarify, you thought like, okay, we have this figured out. Everybody yeah. knows that Trump's going to get destroyed in 2016 or whatever. And right, everybody right, right. is of one mind about it. Right, right. And then they were also wrong. And I was pretty conscious of the fact that anything that said Trump, I would click on. I was like, mm. it's making me anxious and it helps yeah. to click on these articles. I was like, this is going to get a lot worse. And also, it was just very clear to me that like, Every time I go on Twitter, I, I feel worse than I did before I went. Never, ever, ever makes you feel better. Or never, ever made me feel better than mm-hmm. before. So, like, this is silly. So, right. so I deleted it for, like, you know, a day or two, and I just haven't been back on since. Mm-hmm. But Instagram is the one thing I check. But it's pretty fun. Like, I go through. Mm-hmm. It's not, like, stressful. I don't know. It's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. But with Buckle Up, I find now that I'm posting reels and stuff, mm-hmm. I'm very back on the every 10 minutes checking yeah. how many views, the drug. how many likes. And Just it's checking computers to make sure it's recording. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, um, yeah, good. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very much back in the addictive cycle of yes. Instagram and it sucks. So here's the thing. Like it does suck. <coughs> like the, the struggle that people talk about of being, addicted to this sort of rush of you know the likes and all of that but also just the growth but also the demands that it places on you to do it mm-hmm. can risk a lot of stress and unhappiness right like why am i like i feel so much better with all without all of this in my life but mm-hmm. you know what i would also maybe be equally if not more unfulfilled without these tools and this ability to exert and express and put out this creativity mm-hmm. so both battles exist like which unhappy do you want to be like which which disappointed kind of thing and maybe there's a balance but like do you want to be the do you want to be the person who's like man i wish i just i wish i had a space that like i had an audience i wish i had a thing i wish Mm -hmm. i had this i want these things i want i want i want but i'm not doing anything to get it like we spoke about the other on the other podcast yeah or the stress involved in having to build that audience, which you do desire, but it right. takes a lot of that unpleasantness. So, part so which of, one do you want? Part of the question now, which which brings to like a pretty interesting topic about like crypto um, and some of the, the other stuff I was... Well, you yeah, know, it's because you're, you're, um, you're creating all this mm-hmm. um, 
but and, and and you said like you're building an audience every time you put up real you're mm. building an audience the question really is really really what are you doing mm. like are you just getting views and likes and and, and kind of like what is that mm. you, you can use it to build an audience and maybe make some money sometime in the future if you want if you can but but i mean truly you're doing nothing you're you're getting you're seeing little numbers go up on a screen your material life has not changed at all. It's all kind of happening in your brain. Well, in the short term, uh, I mean, we can go there. We can go down what, that road. First heard, of all, I do know what All In podcast is. I see it on TikTok all the time. When you brought it up last week. What? All In or whatever that one is called. The, uh, the finance guys? Yeah, what's uh, it called? It's called um, All In? It's not called All In. Um, I can't check right now. But um, Wasn't it called the All In podcast? Maybe it was. Yeah, with the DOAs that you talked about. DAO. DAOs. Those guys who like chit chat about finance. Yeah, like, yeah. like a, I think it's yeah. called All In. Okay, maybe. Either way, I, I'm yeah. like I've been watching it for. I, I, I didn't oh, know yeah. what you were talking oh. about, but I'm like, oh, these guys. Yeah, this is one guy who was like, we need to stop Mark Zuckerberg at every turn. That one guy, <laughs> and they always like they're talking about. Uh, they're they're fun. They're, they're like, fun. yeah, like edgy. It's but like a anyway, white guy. Anyway, you're saying what are you doing? You're doing nothing. Keep so going. yeah, so so what I I heard an interesting podcast on the Tim Ferriss podcast with mm-hmm. Naval Ravikant and oh, Chris Dixon. Tim Ferriss has a great Naval Ravikant on the Patreon line. What he's, like, yeah. he's like, he's like, he's this silver tongued genius. I, I heard him on Joe Rogan the other day. He went, everybody can be rich. He's like, he just goes around telling everyone you can be rich and you can be rich and I'll tell you how. <laughs> but when he says it, you're like, oh, I can be. 100%. Tell me, Naval, tell me how I can be rich. Anyway, um, he was, he was talking about the the difference between Web two, which is like Instagram, social mm. media, content creation, I love this Web three's coming, guys, and Web three, <laughs> um, which is like um, potentially what you could build with these like blockchain applica- mm. applications on the blockchain, mm. um, which is just kind of like a fancy way of saying that is that um, instead of just getting likes and kind you're of nothingness, money. you're getting ownership of the network, mm. which is like a a, a a very seismological shift in ownership of what network of the art of of whatever whatever platform you're contributing to so the truth is i don't really understand how it works Mm -hmm. or much more than that but i think presumably you'd be getting like um tokens Mm -hmm. in exchange for for for, yeah for for what you're putting on there and and also you can take that work with you elsewhere if you want so right now we put reels up and we can't take a reel and put it elsewhere. We can take the video and repurpose it for TikTok or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's Instagram's video now. And 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 they're basically profiting off of the work we're doing and like they're giving us likes back and we can take those likes and go build and go make money with it maybe. Mm-hmm. But really it's kind of like this ethereal nothingness. Whereas on There's web, a there's an Okay, well I'll respond fully. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the, properly. Otherwise in a it, 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 the other kind of model would be like Instagram shares Point zero times a million one percent of their profits with us because we contributed to their their growth that quarter. So we made ten. We made a trillion dollars. We're going to give you guys ten dollars just like for putting NBC stuff on there. NBC pays the the studios. These become more like studios because they're broadcasters and they're paying the actors and the contributors to the studio. Or, the or they're paying the production company to to rent. To however, rent actors. Their, want, however, like it's like a full circle. Like yeah. now you're like participating in these platforms and you're contributing to them by putting up stuff. So you're going to get paid by them mm-hmm. in some way. And they're creeping into it's that. Not, no, it's not paid by them. You, you're owning part of. You're not getting paid by them. You're getting paid or you're owning stake in you're the owning part of it, it yeah we don't know that's still that's that amorphous about all, space that's that about conceptually it, there's a hiccup i can't yeah. quite get it but we will be rich i think <laughs> that's what that's well, the takeaway okay so i have a couple things to say um about your point about ultimately what are you really doing i think that 
you could have made that exact same argument about Joe Rogan's podcast when he started. When he was just on Ustream with some buddies, mm-hmm. chit-chatting away. Mm-hmm. What are they doing? They're not doing anything. They're just talking. Hey, and some more people listening. Okay, and then maybe some other people are listening, and maybe some other people. Not one person has ever paid for the Joe Rogan podcast, maybe until very recently. But he was already qualified. You could qualify him as mega successful as a podcaster before a single person was paying him directly for it. Yeah. Gmail's free. Like, what are they doing? I mean, I, I, you get where I'm going. You know, it'd be funny if, if Joe Rogan sold, like, floppy disks of the Joe Rogan podcast, like AOL, to elderly people, where he's like, yeah, this is how you get the podcast. A Joe you Rogan floppy disk would sell on for ten, like, We should make an NFT <laughs> yeah. Joe Rogan floppy. Yeah. You just put it in your computer, and now you have the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> you can talk about it with your grandkids. It's just $10 a month. You get where my point, though. I, it's that right. when he started... You couldn't ascribe what this would be or how it would be valuable or how we would make money from it. He's just chatting on Ustream for free. Right, he's not right. charging anybody admission. Like the, the fees for exchange of the service he's providing was a long haul, took 10 years right. of growth. Right. And then he built up an audience. Right. Now that audience started coming to his shows. If that's something you do, if you perform right. live, that's something you do. Well, if you're selling merchandise and, and then you, I let you go. I let you go. But my point is it's very easy to take that mindset that you're saying <coughs> In the short term, when you're just starting, I mean, we know that Tim Dillon's Patreon is getting over six figures a month Mm -hmm. as a homegrown audience that he's built through his podcast, through these means of building an audience. So I just think you seem to be, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, sort of minimizing or downplaying the power of that. These YouTubers, everyone used to knock it. Oh my God, do you know, can you believe like 10 years ago, people were like, can you believe people are like claiming they want to be a YouTuber? And now everyone's like, okay, this is like the new world of entertainment. So it's very different. No, no, I'm not. I'm, so, not I'm, I'm not knocking the power of these platforms to help to help you go out and 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 flip that into gold. So that's just but, my. But, I'm answering but, but, your but I'm question. Saying, you're yeah. saying what are you doing? What is that? you're collecting likes and reels and, and this no, and that? It's like you're building this audience no, I, I, that eventually so, becomes something that's a, that can support you and what you do. And ultimately, it's not for the likes, like for that little reward. It's yeah. so that like if you value. The entertainer entertainee relationship. Yeah. That's so what I value. That that's that's true, but I think that says more about the creators who are going out and doing something mm-hmm. with those likes than anything else. What, what, what I, I think just like making space for that empty feeling you get mm-hmm. when you're addicted to this to checking it. Mm-hmm. That empty space is this true. This truly is just nothing. I, I can take nothing and turn it into something, but Instagram truly gives me you back a feeling in your brain, and that's it. They don't, they don't give you back anything more than that, which is a funny relationship because they're making billions and billions of dollars and giving you back a feeling in your brain, which, 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 is, which is just like making the space for like, why do I feel so shitty sometimes? The question is, is it that. that or is it just that it's difficult and it's difficult if, if, if you know, one day soon, mm-hmm. sooner rather than later, we have a massive audience and we're doing this and we're funded and we're supported yeah. we do all this. We would not... Would that nothing go away, or would it still no, be there? But that would, I wonder. That would be saying a lot about our ability to to get advertisers, to build relationships, to reach out to our audience, to host live mm. events. Yeah, that's not Instagram. I'm saying like, yeah, like, but it is. How did people find us? Right, right. But Instagram, there's no one on Instagram going. Uh, there's no one on Instagram who knows our name. Like it's no. they, they, they built the platform. Not an Instagram corporate. You're saying they, they built a platform that allowed us to do that, but the actual dollars that come in. 
I, I, right, but I, take that platform away. It doesn't exist. And therefore that nothingness, true, yeah, emptiness it's, doesn't it's exist. Both. It's gone. It's both. We sit here talking to ourselves. Yeah, it, it's both. That would be, that'd be nice, we, too. We've been doing that People for years. People used to do that. No one's paying us or supporting us to do that. <laughs> we've been doing that forever. But the point is, it's very easy to take it all for granted because... All because in the small price to pay is that little bit of nothingness yeah. that you have to regulate. You have yeah. to try to not overdo it and not get too crazy. Yeah. So maybe the answer is it's not like a double-edged sword right. or it is. It's just that you have to just watch yourself not to go too crazy and take proper breaks and do those things. Yeah. Because it's a small price to pay, that little feeling of yuckiness that I've been doing it too much, I'm checking too much. Right. And it's just stay consistent, put out the work and do what you have to do. Yeah. But in the end, obviously, I side with that mindset yeah. over, nah, I'm just going to toss it all. Because otherwise I would kick myself for saying, like I have the stuff I want to put onto the world, these funny videos, these podcasts, these pieces of music, whatever mm-hmm. it is that I want to reach people. And I have the tools that there's just no excuse other than putting up with that unpleasantness that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, I mean, you're right. I mean, that. Owned, owned, that's owned. The, that's the optimistic take. Uh, <laughs> it's the motherfucking D-O-double-G. The, 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 it's, I should turn to the camera. So I that. <laughs> it's funny to hear the. Uh, we should do Hug Life compilations on this podcast <laughs> of like very minor things. So I just walk away after talking to my mom. <laughs> have you seen those videos? I don't think I have. I don't, I don't know the reference. Do you not know the Thug Life videos? No. Oh, man. It's like debates, politics, and somebody gets owned. <coughs> so they have like uh-huh. Ben Shapiro uh, Thug Life compilations. And he goes, ah. <laughs> You explain to me why, blah, 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 blah. and that's why. Explain to me how that happened. They freeze frame it, put sunglasses on, and they put. Got it. Oh, you got to see it. It's a thug life I do meme. Have to see it. It's a meme. Anyway. Got to get like a screen up here. We can. We can so put anytime stuff you say up. a good line or a zinger, yeah. you freeze frame it, put sunglasses on, and. It's the. <laughs> anyway, you were saying um, the small unpleasantness that you have to put up with. Yeah. Is the trade-off. Well, yeah, it's it it's. I don't know if I think that's what you were saying. Yeah, that's why I'm trying to give you the the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, launch yeah. of what you were. Where yeah, you were well, at. The, it's. I think the fact that we think of it as as small unpleasantness is a little bit of the hoax that these sort of Web two companies have like have like gotten us to believe. And it's it's funny to hear people like Naval and Chris Dixon, who are these guys who made who's Chris Dixon? Chris Dixon, I, I believe, and I could be way off about this. I think he was an early Facebook employee. I think who went off on his own and started investing, it, like early investor in like in like Uber and like sort of like the big like you know Web two mobile companies. Mm. He could have also just been an investor from the beginning. Now he's a partner at Andreessen Horowitz, who like is very big into crypto. I yeah. and I I think he's on Shark Tank. Oh, maybe is that him? I have no idea. Anyway, oh, did he do GoPro? He's a GoPro, GoPro guy, no. but he's one of these cowboy looking guys. No. Okay. So I no. Don't know. Anyway, so whatever <clears throat> these guys who made like you know, absurd amounts of wealth mm-hmm. investing in like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Uber and all those. Mm-hmm. Now they're coming out very hard being like, those are all a scam. We were all scammed by these companies. Why does Mark Zuckerberg control the entire thing? It should be, you know, it should be decentralized. And like, that's what's coming next. And it's so funny to hear them talk as if they're these like, an- like these like angels as a weird word because of angel investors, but they're like these saintly like, you know, philanthropic, like nice people who are just trying to help us. We're like, you're the ones who started these companies. Your gut is screaming loud and clear. You're like, sketch, sketch. I knew it. You, you're, you're well, not, I, but like, you're sketch. Like, the, you're easy for you to say you benefited greatly in financial exactly. after all these companies oh and God. now you're shitting yeah, on it. It's like those guys in the social dilemma. They're like, yeah, I, I worked at Facebook for 10 years and, and now I'm coming out and saying it's an awful place. 
that, that's, af- that's after I made $25 million and I can just do whatever the fuck I want for the rest of my life. Right. Now, now I'm willing to say Facebook's awful. Whereas if you were given the, you would go back and probably do the same exact thing if you could make $25 million and then go say, yeah, oh, that was a mistake. So this is why our nature is so different because I'm <laughs> such a benefit of the doubt guy and you're such a like uh, malicious intent. Where's the, where's the angle here guy? Like very suspicious of intentions by default. Like you're like, okay. So what I would say is it could be the case that when these companies came out, like you said once, yeah. before when we were talking about Meta, they yeah. were groundbreaking, they were disruptive, yeah. and it got everybody excited. And what happened was they overplayed their hand and began taking for granted their user base. The- and then and then it became a thing where, listen, we invested when these companies were groundbreaking, and they've been around so long that now the next phase is the evolutionary phase. And what these people, <coughs> if they don't evolve into, into platforms that are allowing its creators to thrive... We're going to move on to Web3. I do think that's the case, but I also think someone has to call these people out and, and, and treat them like powerful so, like men who are wealthy beyond belief and not like, yeah, you're a good guy. I'm sure you meant the best. Like, let's call these yeah, people So you're out. one Q&A away at a conference from asking this question. This is the question you want. I would never want. get up at a conference and ask anything. You don't got, <laughs> don't got the balls to put this question to no. them. You guys benefited substantially from these companies, and now you seem to be knocking them. Don't you see how that could be a little bit suspect in terms of your credibility? And I'm sure, I'm sure they'd say something. double G. I'm sure they'd say something really smart and convincing, and I would sit down with my tail between my legs. I'm sure of it. Like, I'm yeah, sure yeah, they have but a great I'm so excited for to it. thug life this episode. We're just going to do it all over. <laughs> Can you do it like mid-episode? But you're sure that yeah. that's the real answer, in a sense, that like at one point they were groundbreaking, disruptive enter- uh, entities. Now they've become the standard in terms of where people are at. Yeah. But what they're missing is this... Like what Patreon and all these other platforms have... You know what? I don't know what people talk about Web3. There's different things people talk about. They talk about like the the different niches of the yeah. internet. Do you want that to explain are going to, be, to anyone uh, listening what what Web1, Web2, Web3 is just as like can. a quick thing? Yeah, Would I, you be able to do it, you think? Let's take a gander. Yeah, I could try. guess, and you probably follow it closer than I do. A little bit. Web1. <coughs> Web1. <laughs> the initial phase of the internet. 1999. The bubble. The dot-com <laughs> boom. AOL. Mm-hmm. Chat. Uh, but no mobile, no social media, initial desktop computing, internet power, the ability to look up information, but all right. tied to a desktop. And then I would guess that Web 2 was well, all well, about the mobile internet, the, the, the network expanding to people's uh, phones, handheld, mm-hmm. and the hyper-connectedness <coughs> of social media, the social media app. The, the, the app, Web, Web 2 would be, I'd say, more apps as opposed to mm-hmm. websites. Okay. Um, in the idea that people can like build these audiences, whereas before YouTube, you go to YouTube.com and you look up a video or something like that. Mm-hmm. Ebaum's world for the OGs. Um, those initial things like the internet was a computer mm-hmm. platform. Like you go on the internet, and then it became sort of in, uh, personal and is the word ubiquitous? Is that a word? Yeah, right. Like everywhere with, argument, with yeah. everybody at right. all times. <clears throat> so access to all that information you initially had plus. The innovations of the app store and Apple and the app world and people being able to now sort of more customize the platforms to themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I guess Web3 is potentially like further niche nicheifying that so that people can now build these micro audiences mm-hmm. and monetize them so that I, I again I have no concept. I have no right. language for Web3. I think I think that's like the, I get the, it? the top layer of it. The, and the, also Word Muncher was probably part of, part of Word uh, Web One. I forgot about that. What is that? <laughs> Word Muncher and Kid Picks. What's that? 
Aren't you a 90s kid? Word muncher? No, that is. It's a frog that ate words that you had to like, like spell. Like a game? It was a game on, huh. on Web Zero. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that. Word muncher and super muncher. I remember Math Blaster. Whatever. Go through math problems. It's a, Yav- um, it's a Yavna kids game. Um, wait, <laughs> no, that's did kind- I get it kind of right? Not really. It's, Good. I mean, uh, those, are, those are the ways people used it. I, web one, the way I've heard explained is was sort of like read only, where you some, someone else could put stuff on the screen and you could consume it. Like AOL, like you can go to NewYorkTimes.com and read an article. Mm-hmm. Web 2 allowed you to interact and create your own content. So like writing a blog and giving it to somebody else or commenting and connecting with other people. And it was, mm. like, it was interactive Social. and like content and like creation. But in order to have the platforms that could allow that to be done well, mm-hmm. we, trade, we traded in sort of this uh, kind of like wild west of the internet for like a couple major companies will control it. It'll centralize all that power. But in exchange, we're going to get these beautiful website that, websites that allow us to really easily create these things and share them. Um, Web3 is decentralizing those, decentralizing those companies and um, allowing you to um, not just give your content to to like a central power to then blast it out to everybody else but you're almost blasting it out yourself and you're keeping that content to yourself and you can take it wherever you want to go so instead of having a facebook account you have you are facebook exactly you have ami and i can take that to whatever web3 application i want with with all of my shit with all of my bags i mean i think uh someone but some, who decentralizes the platforms the market the the companies that no, no, it's it's because because the websites are built again. I'm I'm sure someone is going to correct me. Mm-hmm. That'd be great if you commented. Um, <laughs> but um, no, it's because they're not built on. They're built on the blockchain, um, which allows you to take that information. I believe from like blockchain to blockchain. Um, so you're not just putting something. There's on. a ledger. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I think I've already gotten into yeah. like I don't really understand how it works, but that's sort of the promise of it, where there's no one company that can turn the switch off. It's it's sort of it's owned by all the creators and everyone contributing to the platform itself has a piece of that network. So there's not one person that can shut it off. Even China, yeah, it's a can, digital footprint, and everything you put out is traceable to you. Like Instagram could delete all your videos tomorrow if it wanted to, and right. this protects against that. Yeah. Which conceptually, I can understand a service that protect yeah. or uh, an entity that prese- protects against yeah. that. Yeah. But effectively, For right work. now, the way it is with Web two, if that's what we're calling mm-hmm. it. You're making content and then you're distributing it on multiple platforms to try to spread out and get to people, as opposed to like posting it to um, to to Mike and Ami, and everyone yeah. comes to Mike and Ami and enjoys it. I don't know literally how it would work, no. but the promise of it is is that sort of on the back end, you'll if you contribute, you own a piece of it. Um, you own a piece of you, re- relative to the value you create. I don't know exactly. Yeah, I don't me know neither. exactly. Yeah, we I think to, my definition of somewhere. Web one, two, and three was way better. But you're probably <laughs> correct. Well, I, no. Well, it, well, it allowed mobile sort of being able to interact allowed something like mobile to make sense, and 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 being able to do it whatever this new way is going to allow other things to make sense. I, I don't think there's a killer app. Everyone's waiting for some killer app mm-hmm. that allows someone like me to just shut up and be like, "Here, take a look at this," and then you're like. Oh, I get it. Mm. You don't, you're not going to have to explain it when the thing actually works. I don't think right now. There's nothing like that right now. The things that are like bubbling up is all of this. Like, look, at a certain point, everyone gets too stretched. Mm-hmm. And you can't just keep putting out stuff for free to build an audience and not like have the mechanisms to 
support yourself off of it. So <coughs> like TikTok offered tips features where people can tip a video. Mm-hmm. They're like putting the Patreon-y kind of stuff into the apps, mm-hmm. you know. Reels is offering bonuses. There are these financial incentives now as they compete with each other to like get users. Snapchat mm-hmm. had Spotlight, which I heard about where they were rewarding a million dollars a day, but not to one person. Mm-hmm. Like they split the pot because they like want, they're thirsty for content. Right. And TikTok was the major disruptor there because TikTok aggregate like just sucked up all the, con- the best content creators into TikTok. Right. But again, I'm interested to see for a time when I understand it fully because I yeah, don't. I am also I'm also and I, I don't really get how uh, like cryptocurrency work, works into all that anyway but uh, I, I, how do we even get here I don't know <laughs> cryptocurrency to me I get how it could be an effective means of exchange yeah. I don't get how it has inherent value in and of itself it doesn't but I mean people would say what is a what does a green dollar have inherent value know. with nothing either. really yeah. only what it can get you so I get yeah but people now like the fact that Bitcoin that that bubble, I don't know anything about this stuff, but you want to be in on it. But you also like I don't, I don't yeah. understand. It's all very exciting to me. To me, it it it, it scratches this itch that, that it scratches the same itch that makes me like skeptical of Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. of just like not. There's no one person who can screw things up, and there's and and there's it's it it the promise of it is sort of putting power back in the hands of the masses, um, which is just yeah. very exciting. Gary V's all about the NFT thing, which I, I yeah. Which is exciting. I like it's cool to exist to, to be aware of like innovation as it's happening before it's born, before like it's realized. Yeah. You're I think, like watching like this stuff yeah. we don't understand that will eventually like I guess when the internet was happening, you couldn't explain it. Right. Right. To it's, know it's right. like to the boomers in the nineties, you're like, you know, there's this thing and you'll be able yeah. to like you'll be like, What? Yeah, you'll be able to like send email. What do you mean? Yeah. What is that? On on what? Yeah. No, it's like through <laughs> the computers they're gonna it's like explaining radio before yeah. it exists. So like well, we're in that space now with this stuff. Which yeah, is cool. even with like um, when people like shit on NFTs, it's like it's like someone when Facebook first coming up going mm-hmm. like they're not your friend. Mm-hmm. What do you mean they're my friend? You're like no, it's it's something else. It's mm-hmm. called a Facebook friend. There's no real correlation. Correlary, correlary, correlary for it. There's that. no correlary for it. <laughs> There's no correlary, but true. You're, um, and, and it was it's a, a joke. Thing. What is YouTube? It's puppy videos. How stupid! Right, it's, no. it's the most powerful. Platform. Right, and and when someone figures out, when someone when someone will figure out an NFT that makes so much sense that you'll be like, ah, I get it. It's like when you went when you went traveling and all of a sudden you were messaging with someone from Australia who you'd never ever keep mm-hmm. in touch with. Like, yeah. oh, this is Facebook. Yeah. I get what a Facebook friend you is. You have to be 35 now to be on it because everyone's yeah, way over apparently. 30. It's a dad. It's a mom and dad. Is that it? Is that I true? Mean, it's so old. Everyone there is the one. That's what we started with. Like yeah. kids are not on Facebook. They're, they're not? Like, I don't know if they're on. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe through Instagram you have to create a Facebook account. I have no idea. But like they're just not there. Yeah. Um. I'm excited for the day where it'll be just a normal thing where someone's like putting on a concert and be like, are you going in person or are you going to go virtual? Mm-hmm. Like you can go to a space and you could like wire in and watch the show or be live and it literally looks almost indistinguishable. Like mm-hmm. you put on your things and you're watching and you could, there's like a corner of people wired in or holographic technology like the hologram yeah. where somebody appears right in front of you. They're wearing goggles or something. What they see in other words, you're a band, you're playing, yeah. and you're looking at a screen, and you see an audience. Maybe you're wearing goggles. And they're in a specific space, a central space, or not. And what they see is you. Everyone is looking at the same thing, and you're looking at the same thing, but no one's actually together. That's, now, that's creepy, and yeah. I, I also, like, I don't, it wouldn't supplement for the real thing, <coughs> but it's better than having nothing. Right. Like, you know, maybe the band would have to be together, but it's like, we're going to live stream this, and instead of this removed thing where you're all on the screen watching, and we're, like, here... Yeah. You're wearing something and it's immersive. 
So it literally looks like you're at the show and we're at the show. Are you saying the government and Facebook are in cahoots to like make metaver- the metaverse happen? Like keep everyone locked at home I know and you make are. the metaverse happen? You are. <laughs> oh, the lockdown stuff. We could go in that. That's a whole other segment. But- well, you know what? I, I, I that, was a real, that was a real joke. But when you said that, it makes being... It sounds dystopian. Being home makes that stuff obviously a lot more uh, plausible. Desirable too. Yeah. Like that's what you need. Yeah. In the future, 2045, people will be on their couch. <laughs> what is she doing? Oh, she's wired in. For 20 years she's been that way. She feeds through a tube. Oh, watching Mom, concerts. she's wired in. She's wired we in. We visit her once a year. It's so dystopian, but at the same time, like, you know... What's the positive? It's you, you being able to connect with people you otherwise couldn't. It shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't. You have to just be careful not to substitute the real thing when mm-hmm. that's possible, but only to be as an additive to enhance mm-hmm. what isn't there. You know, right? Like a real in-person thing. Anyway, the COVID stuff is really. Yeah, uh, we we don't have to. We it's don't exhausting. have to get into that. We don't have to. Um, but it's never ending. This for some people, they just love it. Yeah, I met. Uh, my, at this other wedding I went to, my cousins came out. They haven't been out since March 2020 to an, an indoor, in-person event. Wild. People, I mean, it seems like people just have lost their minds with this yeah. stuff. And, and become completely germophobic. Not, I, not like, know. it's just like, doesn't seem rational at a certain point. On the other hand, we have a cousin. Not who, even seem, got, it's so irrational. He, well, he, he got COVID, you know, early on and he's still recovering from it. It's mm-hmm. been like years at this point. Um, I mean, or whatever, you know, a long time. Um, you know, he has like one of those long cases. Mm. Like, you don't think like, he's like making that you got to tell you he's making that up? No, <laughs> I believe that, but that was COVID then. There's a difference between then and now. There has to be. That's the point of the vaccines and all the, mm-hmm. the progress and the treatments. Mm-hmm. Then and now. March 2020 is different can, than now. That was the whole can effort. Can you not get a long, a long case anymore? I guess you don't know, but certainly being vaccinated can prevent... That's the idea. It's just that right. it minimizes it. Minimizes you know? the risk. Right. And look, unknown is unknown. So yeah. I get that fear, but is it enough to well, just stop, to, to like prevent people from resuming? He had, a, fun, he had a funny answer. I asked him, I'm like, I'm like aren't you know, you're making a calculated risk at some point. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's like, honestly, I don't like seeing people that much. So okay. like, whatever. Fair enough. His prerogative. <laughs> I'm just talking about this idea like, that, get that this mindset that every new thing has to be met with the same amount of alarm right. as when it first started. Which right. was justified when it first started. We had no tests, we had no vaccines, we had no trusted treatments, yeah. and we didn't. We sort of knew it affected old people worse, but it was still it was spooky. And quickly we learned like it wasn't hurting kids that much. Thank mm-hmm. God, like we started to get that information. But like two years later, there's still this culture of alarmism with every new development and every new thing. It doesn't mean you don't like try to think things through and whatever, but this rush. <coughs> To abundance of caution, lock down everything at any mm-hmm. new trace of it seems so wild to me, given the advancements we've made against it. Don't you want to celebrate that and right. like, be able to adapt with it? Whatever. I don't know. It's just like, but, but you, then you hear some people are like, yeah, we're still doing, we're still doing outside. We're still going away. And I'm just, it just baffles me a little bit. I yeah. can't quite understand that unless it's bringing out people's inherent Pho- you know, phobias of things, germophobia or whatever. Well, that, that was, was there my, all along. In the in like the first episode that we did yeah. back in the day, I think I said it's more of a manifestation of people are like, I kind of would just want to stay home and like and see the world kind of burn the way it feels like it is when mm. I go on to CNN or Fox News or whatever. Yeah, it's just kind of like feels right. <laughs> so why not? Let's stay home. <laughs> Do it if you want to, but don't tell other people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I don't know. 
Yeah. But like people have developed these like instincts. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't know, there's going to be a crowd. It's like, yeah. Yeah. No, like, without, like, what does that mean then? You know, or this whole idea of like, even the whole vaccination campaign to get every single person, regardless <coughs> of your, um, like that we can't get back to the standard now is unless every single man, woman, and child is vaccinated, yeah. it can't go back to normal. When initially it was like, we need to vaccinate I, the vulnerable people. We need to vaccinate the elderly. And now it's like, we're holding a hostage normal life until this ridiculous standard of every child, which never was that at risk of getting co- of getting hurt by COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. And holding that a hostage, it's, it's insane. I just got an email from my uh, work. I don't work in the office anymore, but part-time. I know um, everyone's going to hear me saying this. is like so anti-vaccine. It's like I'm yeah. vaccinated. I got two vaccines, yeah. and I, then I got a breakthrough case, and, I'm, and thank God. Yeah, okay. no, and so am I. But, you know, it's just like everybody's yeah. calling bullshit at a certain point. It's yeah. just you're pushing everybody. Right. Like, well, hey, right. guys. You know, especially with New York, what's going on? Right, of course so we I, have to talk about this. Yeah, so I, I just got an email saying yeah. everyone in the office has to send in their, their vaccination reports, yeah. their cards, or the, the company's going to get fined. Right. My first thought was like... Well, Bill DeBosch is working with all of New York, working with the business community. And listen, folks, we cannot go back to March 20th. Like, I don't know what he sounds like. You know what Bill DeBosch sounds no. like? He kind of sounds like this. He's such a loser. He's, a, he's such a hateable guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, He's Even running my, for president. He did last time. He's no, running no. again. Yeah. So listen, listen, folks. We're, we're working with the business community, and this is about public safety. This, I, I don't even think it is anymore. Like, that's the thing. I'm not one of these, like, conspiracy theorists, yeah. but I, even I don't think it's about public safety yeah. anymore. It's about control, like that whole thing. Yeah. It's like that whole impossible standard. Now, kids five, as young as five, they are making, get vaccinated to basically go anywhere. It's wild, yeah. It's not going to I don't think it's going to be enforced. No restaurant is going to turn away business because the kid's not vaccinated. Or you're just going to get these fake cards and it'll make every, and you'll be like, yeah, this is this thing. Be like, okay, just show us a napkin with a boogie (laughs) on it and that's it. (laughs) But I'm just saying, it's like, are you, when did it become about vaccinating every single person as opposed to vaccine, you know? Look, I don't pretend to have authority over the microbiology and virology of all of this, but it's just the narrative. I am aware of the narrative shifting constantly. Trevor Noah just got into some trouble because he was saying, he was like, you know, maybe everyone should get a booster. He said this on the Daily Show. Maybe everyone should get a booster, but we shouldn't do it because the CEO of Moderna tells us to. Like, let's hear it from somebody else before we listen to the guy who's going to make a billion dollars. Isn't that... Um, he, he had a really funny Maybe line. Maybe like we should listen to him because Faz is telling us to do it. You know what's funny? <laughs> telling it, us to do it. Us. It's like... Oh, well, that's my question. Um, <laughs> that was good. It's South African. I have to get it down. But like, I found that interesting. Um, like, brew. Like, yeah. <laughs> What's interesting is like everyone, like the Fox News people have been pointing out, when did the left become so pro big pharma all of the sudden? Yeah. So yeah. I guess you got to call that stuff out. Did you see like, that? What is, what are you, what are you, like, are we just unthinking doing all of this? Can't ask any questions or you're labeled as anti-science. You can't ask, yeah. it's your children. You can't say, do we really need to? Is it necessary or whatever? So the, like, the independent journalists that I'm reading, their big thing is like, what happened to the liberals questioning power? Like, wasn't mm-hmm. that the point of journalists yeah. and liberalism to question power? Yeah. It seems like they're just sort of getting the talking points from power. And then kind of regurgitating them. Yeah. It's, and it's a very weird development that's going on. It's a weird thing. And it's also, but I think a lot of it ties into like a collectivist attitude about this. Like indiv- when individualism doesn't really matter as an ethic, as the further left you go, that's not as important. Then individual decisions don't matter. Individual choices don't matter. What matters is the collective and, and we decide things collectively. New York does everything together. Not, I wish the messaging was just, listen, the vaccines are safe, even for kids. So if you feel comfortable, we recommend doing it. 
Your choice. Yeah. It's not going to be contagious. Yeah. It's not going to be that kids can't really spread it. Like, like <coughs> if everything was just informational yeah. or even suggestive or prescriptive, I don't think you would see backlash. You, you might see the same amounts of results either way, yeah. but so be it. Then the truth is the truth. I, I'm going to take your stance here. I, I think it's less. I really think sometimes it just comes down to people get up in the morning who, you know, and who like work in policy and government and they go to work mm-hmm. and they have to do something. Yeah. And this is just the thing to do now. And like, that just is yeah. just like, go, just like, we've got to do something today. Got to pass a law. Let's, do yeah, a like, let's, let's keep going forward with this and pushing it. It seems yeah. like that's what we should do today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, it I, seems I, it's like. Fair point. But yeah. I'm just saying, I, I think results wise, you may not see increased fact, whatever, but it makes it less trustworthy. And the well, narrative, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's more about undermining your own credibility as public health officials and institutions when you keep doing it. And every time someone tries to call bullshit, you, you call them something else. So you reframe what they're saying as skeptical of science. And then you're like, it makes people question their own minds and their own like, doesn't this seem ridiculous? And even some, at some point, like more and more, I've seen more and more people just say, yeah, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. Like not people who are ideological or libertarian or any of this, just regular people are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. People who I've been in arguments with over the years, like being, because I tend to be more on like the, you know, live in the live and do what, you, make your own choices. But in people who weren't down with that in 2020 at this point are like, yeah, that doesn't seem to make sense to me. <laughs> like the no, no ideology. The thing. scale is really widening yeah, for yeah. like. People are just like, but why do we have to vaccinate every single kid? I'm just like, I'll yeah. do it. If like my doctor says, okay, I'll do it. But like, why? We had to vaccinate all the kids? Yeah. I don't remember that. Be- right. Huh. I don't. I, but 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 if the older, if the, if if the vulnerable people and comorbidities people are vaccinated, aren't they protected? Uh, and there's this confusion. Yeah, yeah. That was a weird noise I made. I liked it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are going to get our booster live on the podcast. We're going to give it to each other. One, two, three. <laughs> We're going to close out this episode, episode nine. I think we've gone about an hour. Yeah. Okay. And we got through it. Oh, lots I of did, troubleshooting. Sorry, I did we want to read one thing. Yeah. From uh, we mentioned the dip last time. Uh, I had the book. I grabbed it on my way up here mm-hmm. just to uh, c- uh, clarify. Maybe because we got Scott. Scott, Seth Godin's, (laughs) we got Scott Godin's message wrong, so I want to clarify Scott's message. Seth Godin. Um, Every new, this is the dip as, as he, uh, as he defines it, every new project or career or relationship starts out exciting and fun, then it gets harder and less fun until it hits a low point. Really hard, really not fun. At this point, you might be in a dip, which will get better if you keep pushing, or you might be in a cul-de-sac, which will never get better no matter how hard you try. The hard part is knowing the difference and acting on it. So just to clarify that from last time. And uh, Ami, I mean, you started before we recorded. You feel like we're, uh, we're making our way through the dip, so wish Dude, us luck. What, what would you have done if I decked you in the face <laughs> mid-read? <laughs> Just as like an ultimate expression of aggravation for this whole setup. And you might be in a cul-de-sac. <laughs> Episode nine. That would have been a good way to go out. Yeah. So put your hands up on my hip. When I dip, you dip, we dip. That's episode nine. Buckle up, baby. Buckle up, baby. Oh, see you next time. <laughs>